Good evening. David uh, called me a, a few weeks ago and asked if I'd like to come uh, this summer. And uh, so uh, glad to be here. And thank you again for the nice words. Uh, love Ken and Bertha so much. And David and Kelly and a lot of... We could just go on. Everybody in here, thank a lot of you. Thanks for being here. Old Doc, fixing to have a birthday, I think. Getting older. You know, whatever you do in life, your performance is going to be judged. Um, kids at school this year, they were judged by their performance in class. Whether they made A's, B's, C's, or D's, that was their performance on uh, how much that they gave, uh, how much effort they gave, uh, how, how much uh, work that they did, and it showed. It was their performance was judged. We're judged at our job. You know, the, the more that you do at work, a lot of times you get paid better. We're judged, uh, we like to show horses. And uh, Saturday night, I was in a horse show in my first class. That horse had never been in that arena and went around the PA system. He about wanted to jump out from under me. And that class, I didn't place. And I rode him a while and went in there and placed first in the next class and second in the next class. But... Throughout life, we are judged by our performance. We talk constantly uh, about our Christian walk, and we talk about making sure we are putting our all because God's going to judge us on our Christian performance. Uh, How we walk, how we talk, how we live, uh, the kind of Christian we are, we're going to be judged by that. Something I think at times that we don't think about is I believe we're going to be judged how we worship God on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And uh, how is our performance? Just think back Sunday. When you came to church and you went to Bible class, can you tell me what that Bible class teacher taught on. Can you tell me what David preached on or whoever was in the pulpit? Can you tell me who led the prayers? And I ask the youth group a lot of times, as soon as we come in, I say, hey, who led that first prayer? Who led that first song? And what song did we sing? How was your performance Sunday? Could you, when you met around the table, was your performance pleasing to God? Were you able to clear the mechanism I guess you could say, and focus on the cross, or were you thinking about the Mexican restaurant or, or the steakhouse? Or how was your performance? How was your performance? What about our singing? If Jesus came back tonight and we faced God, how would He grade us on our performance and worship service? But what about our singing? We love to sing. We love to sing, don't we? But sometimes I think we put so much importance on Bible class and preaching and Lord's Supper and we're supposed to, but I think we're going to be judged on how we sing to God. The importance of singing. 
God commands us to sing. In Ephesians 5, 19, speaking to yourself in psalm and hymns, psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with understanding also. In Colossians chapter 3, 16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Now this is just the opening of my, my lesson tonight. But on these verses that we just looked at, First, as we look at these three verses, number one, when we worship, do we sing? I'm talking about if you go to a ball game and, and you don't just, you know, go, go little, you, yeah, go little man, go, go. When you go to worship, are you singing? First, are you opening your mouth and singing? I'm not saying get disruptive in our songs. I'm not meaning that. But does God hear you? Does the people that sit beside you hear you? In Ephesians 5, 19, we just read, singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. And we know as members of the church that we sing. We don't play music and we're not playing a guitar. We're singing. God wants us to sing from our heart, but do we sing? And you say, well, I can't sing. That's the reason I don't sing. That's not what God commanded. He said, sing. He hears us all joyful. He wants to hear our voice. Number two, 1 Corinthians 14, 15, do we sing with spirit and with understanding? Do we clear our minds? Do we pay attention to that song? Those words like the old rugged cross. Or when we're singing that, are, are we having that understanding or are we thinking about lunch? Are we thinking about what we're doing that Sunday afternoon? The ball games and the horse show the night before and the job we got tomorrow. Do we pay attention to the words and do we truly sing with spirit? And number three, Colossians 3.16, if we don't sing, we're not doing what is commanded. He said sing. If we don't sing, we're not building each other up. If we don't sing, we're not having that opportunity to teach. Uh, a few weeks ago, it's funny, the week David talked, and, and I'm going to cover a song in a little bit, but the day, week he called, called me on a Monday, the day before, I'd had a class on singing for several weeks about putting our all and that we are teaching and building each other up. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And if someone has never been in these doors and you're not singing, you're not teaching that person. And number four, do we tell the truth when we sing? Colossians 3.9 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his de deeds. Do we tell the truth when we sing, I want to be a worker for the Lord? Do we really want to be a worker for the Lord? Do I tell the truth when we all get to heaven? Am I living a life that, that I'm going to heaven? I know that when I'm singing that song. 
Or that song, Oh, how I love Jesus. Do I really love Jesus? Does the people that say me daily know I love Jesus? We sing a song. He gave us a song to sing about. God gave us the Bible. God gave us the church. And God gave us Jesus. We have a lot to sing about, don't we? We have a lot to be happy about. And I'm so thankful for the writers that has composed such beautiful songs that we can sing praises to God like Above the Bright Blue. It took the blood of the Lamb. The old rugged cross. Won't it be wonderful there? We could go on and on. Don't we love to sing? Man, don't we love it? I'll never forget about that third pew from the back. That night we had that Devo and there were kids packed in here and just talking about it, I'm getting chill bumps on my arm. Don't we love to hear each other sing? You know, if you don't like singing, you may not like heaven. And if you don't like going to... I was raised going to singings and just, you know, we're going to sing praises to God and worship Him. The rest of our time tonight, I want to look at a song. David uh, said, pick you a song out, pick you a favorite, and talk about it. When I was a child, as I said, we went to a lot of singings, and uh, it was, I would a lot of times go up when I was little and had to step beside the podium so people could see me. And there was one song, if no one else had sung it, I'd keep me two or three. Like if you go to the White House singing, you know, they're just singing them, singing them. You better have four or five songs because they'll get your song. You've been there. Jesus, hold my hand. I loved it and still do. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. His name was Albert E. Bromley. He was born October 29, 1905. He was born poor in his... uh, Biography. He said life was hard and he was just called Dirt Poor Cotton Farmers. His family was called Dirt Poor Cotton Farmers. He lived a normal life of a shared property. His biography calls, called him Dirt Poor Cotton Farmers. They were raised as sharecroppers. His name was Albert E. Bromley. And this is way before they knew him. Is a great composer. He wrote over 700 songs. Songs like, I'll Fly Away. I Will Meet You in the Morning. The Blood That Stained the Old Rugged Cross. Turn the Radio On. 
and therefore he'd never meet again this side of heaven. He wound up purchasing Hartford Music Company, later known as the Albert E. Brumley and Sons Hartford Music Company in Powell, Missouri. He was inducted into the Gospel Music Hall of Fame in 1972. But most, most of all, he was a Christian. And as long as he could, he led singing at Fox Church of Christ in Powell, Missouri. The rest of this service tonight, I want to look at the song, Jesus Hold My Hand. As I read these lyrics, think about his time when he wrote this in the 1920s. And it's 424 in Songs of the Church. It's 350 in this one. When I was a kid, it was 424. But think of... His time about how the burdens they were struggling, the trials and tribulations and things they faced, and think about the things that we are dealing with and government and, and sickness and things of that sort. Think of it as 19, in the 1920s and think of it as uh, 2021. As I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me. Leads me safely through the sinking sand. It is the Christ of Calvary. This would be my prayer, dear Lord, each day to help me do the best I can. For I need thy light to guide me day and night. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Let me travel in the light divine that I may see the blessed way. Keep me that I may be holy thine and sing redemption song. Someday, I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand. As I onward go and daily meet the foe, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. When I wander through the valley dim toward the setting of the sun, lead me safely to a land of rest. If I a crown of life have won, I have put my faith in Thee, dear Lord, that I may reach the golden strand. There's no other friend on whom I can depend, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. I, yes, I need thee every hour. Through this land, through this pilgrim land, by thy saving power, hear my plea, my feeble plea. O Lord, dear Lord, look down on me when I kneel in prayer, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. That verse 1, as I travel through this pilgrim land, there's a friend who walks with me, leads me safely through the sinking sand, it's the Christ of Calvary. You know, we go through a lot of trials. There's no way I could imagine going through this life without Jesus by my side. There's no way I could raise my children without Jesus. There's no way I could be a husband to Tiffany without Jesus. There's no way I could do the, my job, my secular job, the youth minister and associate minister at Hatton Church of Christ without Jesus in my corner. There's so many that try that. This would be my prayer to Lord each day to help me be the best I can for I need thy light to guide me day and night. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. 
Number one, I am nothing without Jesus. I must depend on Him. I need Him to hold my hand. Isaiah 41 verse 13, For I, the Lord thy God will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. In Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. In Philippians 4 verse 11 and verse 13, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state that I am, therefore to be content. In verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. To help me do the best I can, I must depend on Jesus. I am nothing without Jesus. One, I cannot have salvation. There's no other way but by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm nothing. I have to depend on Him. I have to depend on Him at school. If if I'm a, a child in school, I've got to have Jesus because these other kids are going to be doing things and, and saying things and wanting me to think things and go places and do things that I shouldn't. I've got to be Christ-like. That's what the word Christian means. As I said a while ago, as a parent, as a husband, through life, I met with a, a little couple, Roland Gargis's granddaughter. I performed her wedding cer- ceremony a week ago, Saturday night. And when I met them and talked to them, I said, there's no way I would go into a marriage without Jesus being in the center of it. There's no way. You've got to keep Him in the center of it. And I think they will. So number one, I am nothing without Jesus. I must depend on Him. Verse number two, by holding on to Jesus... And depending on Him, I can daily meet the foe. Verse 2, Let me travel in the light divine that I may see the blessed way. You know, are we seeking the truth, the the good way? Are we shining our light? Keep me that I may be holy thine and sing redemption songs someday. I will be a soldier brave and true and ever firmly take a stand. As I onward go and daily meet the foe, blessed Jesus, hold my hand. You know, are we shoulders soldiers for Christ? Are we shining the light? Are we telling others about Him? Turn to Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six, verses eleven through seventeen. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He's after us. The devil is after us. He knows your weakness. I tell the youth group a lot of times, it just seems like 
if there's something I'm struggling with, He is going to put it in front of me to try to make me fall. I had a problem of running late. I have worked on that. I have worked on that. But over the years, I could be trying to do too much at home, feeding cattle. One would get out. I'd get my truck, headed to an auction, and then I'd be driving too fast. And then at night, I couldn't sleep because I, I knew that if I'd have went to bed earlier, or if I just let that cow stay out, I was struggling with speed. And it bothered me. And as far as I know, Tiffany followed me today and I was probably running 40 miles an hour or less. So the other day she said, you know, the speed limit is 55. But it just seemed like that things would happen and then I would get a speeding ticket or my conscience would bother me. But y'all know what I'm saying. If you're dealing with bad language and then hear hear a song on the radio with a bad word, it feels the devil knows what you're struggling with. So this verse in Ephesians six, verse eleven, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. To daily meet the foe, we've got to have Jesus by our side. Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I can't face the devil without Jesus, without God, without the Bible, and without the church. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is coming to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand during temptation. Pray to God to help overcome these temptations. Live for Him. Fill our lives with Christianity. The devil's after us. And He knows what you're struggling with. In verse number 3, you know, as you think of this writer in this song, think of the temptations they had. You know, they didn't have TV in the 20s probably and didn't have uh, most 
his family, it said, that had mules and wagons. And, but they had temptations too. No running water. No electricity. And then look at what we're dealing with with abortion and homosexuality. And, but they had struggles and, and tough times. It may have been different. But don't you know it's some of those that just want to give up? Don't have a lot of food? Number three. When I wander through the valley dim toward the setting of the sun, lead me safely to a land of rest if I a crown of life have won. I have put my faith in Thee, dear Lord, that I may reach the golden strand. There's no other friend on whom I can depend. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. They said he loved this song so much. He talked about the trials and struggles he had when he was in the youth. But he said, on his dying at the end of his life, he said, this is what this song's about. We don't know when the end of this earthly journey will be, but putting our faith in him, we got an opportunity to get to go to heaven. We'll gain that reward if we live that Christian life. James 1, verse 12, Blessed is a man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. In Revelations 22, verse 12, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. We know if we're living the Christian life, we're our only, we're the only one that knows if we die tonight where we're going other than God. I really think that. I mean, you, you, you know if, if you're living the Christian life, if you're being the best. Now God's the judge, but we, you can know that you're saved. Do you know it? Do you know it? Can you sing these songs like this one saying, I'm ending my life, near the end of my life, and I'm going to get to go to heaven. In the last verse, the chorus, Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. I, yes, I need Thee every hour through this land, this pilgrim land, by Thy saving power. Hear my plea, my feeble plea. Lord, dear Lord, look down on me when I kneel in prayer. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Turn to 1 John 1. Verse 6 through 1 John 2, verse 2. Am I living a life that God hears my prayer. I told that little couple the other day, I said, you need to wake up in the morning praying to God. Y'all need to pray as a family together. You need to be faithful to Him. You need to go to church. You need to read your Bible. And then when the tough is tough, God's already there. It's not like praying, well, God, I haven't talked to you in a while. You know He's already there. 
When you're backed in that corner, He's already there to help you get out of that corner. I'm going to live a life and I'm, I'm going to pray so that God is there. I've got to make my mind up. I've said this, I may have said this here. But God wants to be involved in everything you do. Brother Fuller, I used to think it was silly to involve God when I wanted to go look at a herd of cows to buy them. Now realize, He wants to be involved. He wants to be involved if you go buy a new tractor or, or a trailer or, or He wants to be involved in your decisions of jobs. He wants to be involved in everything you do. And I realized, I was, I was up in my 20s, I realized that nothing is silly in my life. He wants to be involved. Everything I do. Everything I do. So, blessed Jesus hold my hand in prayer, this chorus says. In 1 John 1, verse 6, But if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. Verse 1 of chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is our propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. I need Jesus, His blood, to save me so I could become a Christian. I must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I must repent from my old life of sin, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and then be baptized. Have my sins washed away. The blood of Jesus. But then, I need to be able to pray to God for forgiveness. And for Jesus to hold my hand interceding for me. So I need to be Christ-like. Blessed Jesus, hold my hand. Because He's interceding for me. What time do we in? To summarize this song, you know, we could, we could uh, go through a bunch of songs and you could just... And that's neat that y'all are having this uh, summer series about song. I think uh, what, uh, I surveyed the wondrous cross. I think Marlon said that he uh, did this song. Mike Owens, y'all know Mike. And I just get so excited. He'll text me and say, I'm working on a good one. And he'll send me a lyric or two of some. And 
he's got one coming out that he's been real excited. He knew it's my type of song about personal work and uh, the way I was raised and the way Daddy wanted us to, to try to be personal workers. And he's excited about this song. And it may be in the hymn books one day. But summarizing this song, number one, help me be the best Christian I can be. Am I the best Christian I can be? We go back to performance. Am I pleasing God as a Christian? As I said a while ago, you're the only one that can answer that. Am I worshiping the way I need to worship? Am I clearing my mind? Am I just filling that pew? Or am I spiritually worshiping God? Am I being the best Christian I can be? Number two, help me be a soldier for Christ to everyone. You know, you've got a mission field. We talked about Marlon. He's got a mission field in Russia. A lot of us can't go overseas. But right now he can't. He's got his own mission field. Ken's got his mission field. Aaron's got his mission field. Do people know we're Christians without asking? Do they know? And I know that when Aaron's popping somebody's back, there's a Bible over there in the corner. There's things. There's pamphlets. He's got to, he's going to try his way to tell somebody about Christ. If you don't listen to him, I'm going to get you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Every one of us has our own mission field. Whatever you're doing. Would that be a shame? Or would you be ashamed if they saw you sitting on church? That's all. I had a man tell me one time, he said, I walked into a church building at a gospel meeting and I saw a man that I'd been working with for years and I had no idea he was a Christian. The devil's always after us. We've got to shine a light for him. And number three, our ultimate goal is heaven. We can't miss it for the world. The world's wanting us so bad to stumble, wanting us to do worldly things, we've got to set our main goal on going to heaven. That's all i got. Thank y'all for your attention. Thank y'all for having us. It's, uh, uh, y'all mean a lot to us. And